Welcome to Thrive Church, everyone. We are so happy to see you here today. Uh, my name is Judah Thomas, lead pastor of Thrive, and we welcome you uh, to all of our locations and online. Uh, we are just so happy and honored that you are here with us today, and we are in a series called Pray Like Jesus, Pray Like Jesus. And you know, prayer is something that we know is an important part of our faith and an important part of our relationship with God, but yet so many of us, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. And, uh, and so the disciples, Jesus' closest followers, they kind of had the same thing. They had the same problem. They didn't know how to pray, so they came to Jesus and said, why don't you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. Now, many of us were brought up saying the Lord's Prayer, but the Lord's Prayer is not a prayer for us to recite over and over again, but it's a model for us. It's a model for us to pray. It's a format. It's a framework by which we can uh, pray the things that God wants us to pray. And as we go through these uh, things line by line, phrase by phrase, it can remind us of the things that we can talk to God about. And so the, the Lord's Prayer, as we've been studying it, is right out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It's, Jesus is speaking here. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, be your name. And we talked about this the first week, how, how this is hallowed. That means holy, holy is your name. This is an opportunity for us to give praise and thanks to God. When we begin our prayer that we are praising God's name, we are thanking him for the good things that he's done in our life. Then it goes on and says, your kingdom come. And here's an opportunity for us to pray that God's kingdom grows here on this earth, that the churches grow, that we reach more people that are far from God. Maybe you're praying for loved ones, friends, family members to uh, have an encounter with God. Your kingdom come, your will be done is a time where we ask God's will to be done in our life for him to direct us and to guide us, where we say, God, I'm going to leave my will behind, and I want your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So as we pray this, it reminds us the things that we can talk to God about. Then verse 11, give us today our daily bread. And, and this is where we can bring our practical needs and requests to God. Give us this day, our daily bread. Provide for our needs, our physical needs, our financial needs, our, our food and clothing and, and, and things like that. Provide for us. And there's another aspect of this as well, of that Jesus is the bread of life. And so we want him more uh, present in our life. We want to be more aware of his presence. We want to grow closer to him. So give us this day the, the, the direction, the guidance, the closeness that we need. And then verse 12 is what we talked about last week, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And, and this is where, where we can confess our sins to God. Say, God, forgive me of the things that I've done. Forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me of the things that I've done that, that has hurt my relationship with you. And, and then the kind of the caveat there is forgive our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. So God, forgive my sins in the same way that I forgive others. And that's a very challenging aspect of this prayer, that God is limiting the amount that he can forgive me based on how much forgiveness I'm willing to extend to other 
people. And then verse 13, what we're studying today, and you can underline this in your notes, and lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation. Now, now this is kind of a, a troublesome passage, and, and many people have tried to explain it and even change the, the, the wording of it. Because what does that mean? Like, lead us not into temptation. Anybody ever play follow the leader before? Okay, like a couple of you guys, the rest of you are like, I'm not following you, you know? Um, follow the leader, you know, the, the basic premise is that you got somebody and they're the leader, and, and, and you're going to follow them, you're going to walk as close to them as they can, and they're going to go over obstacles and under things and over challenging things, and you gotta, you got to follow them wherever they go. And, and so, so this, you know, it says, you know, lead us not into temptation. It's like, what, what's God doing? Is he leading me into temptation? Like, why is he leading me into temptation? And that's where a lot of times our mind goes, is God really leading us to being tempted? Does God really tempt us? No, absolutely not. It says, lead us not, right? Lead us not. Like, uh, circle that in your notes. Lead us not. See, it's not saying, you know, I know you were going to lead me into temptation, but don't lead me there. He said, lead me not. God, we're saying, God, please don't lead me there. Don't let me go there. Lead me, in fact, away from temptation, other translations translate it like this, and do not let us yield to temptation. Help me not to give in to temptation. I don't want to succumb to the temptations that inevitably I'm going to be faced with. Give me the strength to resist the temptation when it comes. You know, God is not the one who is tempting you. God is not the one who's tempting you to do wrong. However, he allows it. He allows it, right? He allows us to be tempted. This is one of the problems of free will, right? In your notes, if you're taking them, God has given us free will, but with that comes the temptation to do wrong. Like there's a temptation that comes with that. You know, we have free will, but now we get to choose whether I'm gonna do the right thing or the wrong thing. See, God does not tempt us to do evil. In fact, people started questioning this uh, in the Bible times, and so James, the brother of Jesus, he actually wrote this in his letter in James chapter 1, verse 13. He says, and remember when you're being tempted. Now, wait, ho hold on. What does it say? And remember when. When, not if. It doesn't say remember if you're tempted. No, he says when. What does this imply to you? This implies it's going to happen. You are going to be tempted at some point in time. So remember this. Remember, when you are being tempted, don't say, God is tempting me. Because God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So then, where does temptation come? If, if temptation doesn't come from God, temptation must come from the devil, right? Is the temptation come to the devil? Some of you are like, I don't know, is this a trick question? Well, it is a trick question because often we get this idea of temptation, right? Of like the, the, the angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other shoulder, right? And it's like the, the, the temptation, the, the good versus evil. And it's pretty sad that many of us, you know, come up with our theology based on comic strips, but that's kind of the idea that we get. Like, like God is trying to get us to do something good and the devil's over here trying to get us to do something bad. Guess who brings the temptation into our life? Verse 14, temptation comes from, whoa, hold on, what? Our own desires, underline that. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Your desires 
are what tempts you, your desires. You see, our, our desires is what draws us from God. Verse 15, these desires then give birth to sinful actions, and if and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death, physical and eternal death. It's like, you know, the, the, this is the, the, the progression of temptation. Temptation comes from our desires. We are, we are enticed. You ever gotten enticed by something before? Enticed, drawn away? You know, sometimes I'm trying to study to get ready for church and you know, maybe I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research something. I'm going to look something up on, on YouTube, right? And so I go on YouTube, and I start, like, researching something. And then, and then as, I'm, as I'm watching the video, on the sidebar over there, it's got, like, all these other videos, right? And one of them's like, watch me play a million-dollar guitar. I'm like, wow, I wonder what a million-dollar guitar sounds like. So I click on it. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then I see something else like, oh, watch me, you know, play, you know, Bach on the bass. And I'm like, wow, that sounds great. And I watch that. And then like two hours go by and I'm like, whoa, I just went down this rabbit. Anybody else going down the YouTube rabbit trail? Okay, a couple of you honest people out here. The rest of you are like, you know, I'm not, I'll never admit that in church. But here's the thing. Like I'm drawn away, enticed from doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, and we're, we're drawn away. It's our desire, right? And, and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok and all these things, they, they learn. This is their specialty, right? That's what an algorithm is, is learning what entices you so they can give you more of it, right? So they want to learn, oh, what, what do you like? What, what do you click on? What do you watch? Oh, I'm going to give you more of that. I'm going to give you more so I can keep you on the site more so that way we can sell more advertising so we can make more money. That's how the whole system works, okay? So here's what's going on. We are, in this world, we're being enticed. We're being enticed. We're being drawn away by our desires. And uncontrolled temptation ultimately gives birth to sin. Remember the prayer he said, God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And now lead me not into temptation, right? Saying, now I don't want to do that again. So, so where does temptation come from? Oh, hold your finger out. We're going to point. We're going to point. Point point at somebody. Okay, points right back at you, okay? This is where the temptation comes from. It comes from me. It comes from you. It comes from, from my heart. It comes from my desires. This is where it is. See, in, in your notes, it's impossible to be tempted by something that you don't crave. You can't be tempted by something that, that, that you don't crave. For example, could I tempt you with some rat poison, right? It's like, would you like to have a little sample of some rat poison? Like, I'm sure it would taste delicious. It's like, no, that's not even a, that's not even a temptation. How about, how about a nice cold glass of bleach? Like, would, would you like that? It's like, no, no, we, we don't want a cold glass of bleach. That's not a temptation to me. No, I'm good. I can resist that. So why can we resist that temptation and not some other temptations? Well, we can resist that because, well, we don't crave rat poison, right? Rats do crave whatever that smell is, and they tend to indulge, and that's why they sell this in the store, but we can resist it because we know that it's bad for us. We know that it'll end in death. So I'm like, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't need that because I know that it's enticing me, but it'll, it'll end up damaging me. With sin, though, we crave it, and we don't realize how bad it is for us. It's like that rat smelling that rat poison while the smell's really good. But that rat doesn't know how bad it is for him. And see, we see the sin, 
we're tempted, we don't realize how bad it is for us. So, so we, we, we give in and we give in and we give in. And then once we find out that it's really bad for us, once we find out that it, it causes death and destruction, well, we're already hooked by then. And we're like, well, I'm just not going to worry about it. This is why it's so difficult to break free from, from addictions, right? It's like, well, you know, Maybe this will eventually kill me, but, you know, this, this one cigarette, this one drink, this one hit, that one's not going to be the one that kills me. You know, you know, we have this lie in our head when we're, when we're indulging in sin. Well, it's really, it's really not that bad, and, you know, I just crave it so much. See, we are only tempted by our cravings. We're tempted by the things that we, we crave. We're tempted by the things that we, we think about. But if you don't crave it, it's not going not gonna to tempt you, right? If I was waving a carrot at somebody, like, well, are you tempted by the carrot? Like most of us are like, no, not really, you know, because we don't crave it. But, but you bring out something else, some junk food, some chocolate, some cake, some ice cream. It's like, wow, that tempts me because it's what I, what I crave, what I crave. You know, if anybody's gone uh, fishing before, we have any fishermen here, any fisher, fishermen, fisherwomen, fisher children? Okay, a couple of you guys. Um, you know, you go fishing and the whole point of, of going fishing is you want to find something that the fish like. Like I got some, some worms here. But, you know, really what I like to do, I like to fly fish. And I don't fly fish with that stuff. Um, and I, I have this box. I got some, some flies in here. Some of these I've tied myself. And, and, and when, when you go out fly fishing, you go to the river. And, and often you'll check the temperature of the river. You'll see what kind of aquatic insects are on the surface of the water, if there are any. You'll flip over some rocks and see what kind of, you know, uh, you know, nymphs and grubs and things like that are underneath the rocks. And then you kind of watch the water to kind of see if, if anything is biting. And then what you try to do is you try to match what the fish are eating. So, okay, I got this thing. You know what? It's all tangled up here now. Okay, I got this. This looks pretty good. I, I think it's going to be enticing. So you, you, you tie it to your line. You cast it out there. You let it float by. And, and, and then the fish, they see it. They see it. They're like, oh, wow, you know, what's that? That looks pretty interesting. That looks like a little, a little something tasty to eat right now. They, they, they see it. Oh, I'm just going to go take a little look at it. I'm just going to smell it. I don't know if they smell like that. They smell differently, I think. But I, they're underwater, so I guess it probably wouldn't be exactly like that. They're smelling. Oh, I'm just going to touch it. I'm just going to bump it a little bit. That, that's not going to hurt anything, right? I mean, it looks so good. Just a little just a little taste. See, it's not that bad. Gulp, and then whoever's fishing sets the hook, reels it in, and now they've got dinner, right? Because they learned what tempted the fish. It, 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 it's a lure. I've learned how to entice that fish to come and ultimately the, you know, to, to, to catch it and, and for many times to, 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 to take this animal, this fish, and now, now you're going to eat it or whatever it is that you're going to do. But here's what, the, uh, what temptation is like to us. It's something that we crave, something that we, that we desire. It says in Mark 7.15, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You're defiled by what comes from your heart. So that means that, that the sin is coming from my heart. Right, like, like my heart is not pure. 
My heart is not good. The sins that I commit in my life, it comes out of my heart. So many people blame the devil for everything. You ever do something like that? You know, or, or hear somebody do that? Well, you know, the devil made me do it, right? Well, the devil did Well, you know, the devil just did He just had his way with me, and I just couldn't help it. I just gave in. The devil made me do it, you know? We're blaming the devil for everything. Well, he made me do it. Stop blaming the devil and own your own choices for once. You know, I craved it, then I chose it, I bit, and then I was hooked. See, in your notes, don't blame the devil for the bad choices that you made. See, we made the choices. We were, we were tempted, we were enticed, we bit, and then we were caught. See, it's my desires, it's my cravings that end up tripping us up, getting us caught. You know, the devil can't be everywhere at once. A lot of people don't realize that. See, God has the ability to be what we call in theology omnipresent, meaning that God is everywhere all the time. The devil does not have that ability. That means with all the billions of people on this earth, the devil is not specifically just coming after you each and every moment of every day. You know, but, but if, if the truth be made known, I don't even think the devil has to tempt us very much. Because we do a good job on our own, don't we? It's like I got my craving. You know what it's like? It's more like instead of fishing like this, the, the devil's using what we call in the South limb lines. Now, in, in the South, they have a different way of fishing. And, and we would go on a river bank or on the, the, the bank of a, of, a, of a lake, and we would tie a, a fishing line to a branch and, and tie a hook to it and tie some bait and let it go under the water, and then we just go away. And we do, you know, dozens of these up and down the riverbank. And then a few hours later, come back by, and you pull up all those lines, and you'll have six, seven, eight catfish on all those lines because they saw something that was enticed, but, but we didn't have to actively do anything. The, the bait was there, and the catfish, they just wandered around. Oh, oh, that looks good. That looks yummy. They don't realize that it'll be their last meal. And so the thing of it is, is with us, we do a good enough job on our own, falling into sin, falling into temptation. We're pretty good at this on our own. If you have an alcohol problem, why do you keep hanging out at the bar? If you got a problem with lust, why do you keep looking at those things online? If you have a problem with greed, why do you keep reading these articles and doing these things? If we have an issue with pride, why are we trying to get people to constantly notice us and pay attention to us? And why are we always talking about ourselves? See, we have these, these desires of sin, and yet we feed them on a regular basis. We deliberately, many of us, think about us, we deliberately put ourselves into situations to be tempted, and then we act surprised when we fall into sin. It's like, like oh, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, I know maybe, say, say, say if you have an alcohol problem, like, well, you know, I'm just going to go there, I'm just going to hang out with the friends, I'm, I'm not going to have, I'm just going to have one, one little drink, I'm just going to do that, it's going to be fine, and you get there, and you know that you can't say no, and you get there, and one drink turns into two, and turns into three, before you know it, I mean, you, you're just, you know, dancing, you know, on the bar, or something like that, doing something insane, because of the fact that we allowed ourselves to get put into a situation we knew that we couldn't handle. It's like this, this kid walking home from school, and he, he's walking home, he's soaking wet. His mom's like, why are you soaking wet? He just like, kind of looks down, like this dumb look on his face. Mom's like, did you go swimming in the river? And boy says, uh, well, yeah, I went swimming in the river. Mom says, I told you specifically not to go swimming in the river when I am not with you. He said, well, I was just walking home from school, and it was just such a hot day, and the river just looks so nice, and it just looks so inviting. I just couldn't help but jumping in and swimming in the river. And the mom says, but you have your bathing suit on. And he says, yeah, I brought my bathing suit with me to school just in case I was tempted on the way home. <laughs> you know, 
It's like, how many times do we do something like that? Well, just in case I'm tempted, I'm going to be ready for it, you know? I'm going to put myself in the situation, and I'll, and I'll be ready for it just in case. I thought I could get close to the water and not fall in. I thought I had it all under control. I just don't know what happened. I was just in the situation, and, and, and you know, things got away, and, and I don't know. The devil just pushed me in. Well, he wouldn't have pushed you in if you, were two in if you weren't two inches away from the shore. You know, it's like we put ourselves in these situations, and then we wonder why we fall so easily into sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Even as you're hearing this today, some of us are thinking like, wow, you know, I, I really got this thing nailed. You know, I, I really, really got this all figured out. People that are, that are struggling or have struggled with, um, with addictions, oftentimes that, that can be the downfall, right? The, the, the time in your life where you say, well, you know, I got this figured out now. I've mastered this. I've overcome it. I, it's not a problem anymore. It says here, it says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Now, doesn't that just make us feel just a little bit better here? Because, see, the reality is that sometimes we think that our temptations are unique. Nobody else has been tempted the way I've been tempted. And if I ever told them the temptations that I was facing, man, they would just think less of me. Well, number one, everybody's tempted. You don't outgrow this. Like, there's nothing wrong with being tempted. We are all tempted. The problem becomes is when we give in to that temptation, right? Scripture says that Jesus was tempted in the same way. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He won't allow it to be too strong. And when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God always will provide a way out. He says that you are strong enough to overcome the temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to give in to the sin any longer. You don't have to give in to the craving, to the addiction any longer. You are strong enough. Now, we all face temptation. In fact, in your notes, you cannot avoid temptation but you can overcome it. You can overcome it. We will all face temptation each and every day, but, but God is offering us a way out. See, everyone is tempted, but not everyone gives in to that temptation. See, this is where the part comes in about denying yourself. As Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. See, if we want to follow Jesus, we need to get really good at denying ourselves, denying our cravings, denying the temptation, saying no rather than saying yes, that I'm not going to give in to the cravings anymore. You know, it's tough, the cravings that we face. You know, and, and, and many of us, we face these, these cravings on a day-to-day -day basis. But for those that have actually overcome something in life, for those who have actually, you know, overcome a bad habit or, or have lost a large amount of weight or have, have, have overcome something, have kicked an addiction, they know that at some point they, they, they determine the price is too high to keep going down this path, that I need to make a change, that I have to say no. In your notes, you can resist the temptations that come your way. You can resist them. But you know what? You know when's the easiest time to resist the temptation? The easiest time to resist the temptation is when you first notice it. Like right at the beginning. Like right when you first say, oh, oh, ooh, I'm, I'm enticed. 
Now is the time to resist it. Now is the time to run. See, see, a, a fish sees she sees my my fly, you know, and, and they start swimming by. If they just swim on by, they're fine. They're fine. I'm not fine, but they're fine, right? They just swim on by. They're fine with that. But it, it's the lingering. It's the lingering. It's the the allowing the craving to grow. Let me just see how far I can push it. Let me just see what I can get away with. And the devil's just waiting to set the hook. Just waiting to set the hook. Oh, they're going to bite. They're, they're getting close. They're getting close because the craving begins to, 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 to grow. But if we notice a temptation and we flee, that's when the easiest time for us is to overcome it. So don't let the temptations of life catch you off guard. You know, so often people get caught off guard by temptations, but we need to know that we will be tempted. See, temptation doesn't come from nowhere. What is it that entices you? Each of you know what it is in your life that you're tempted with. What is it that entices you? And where will you face that temptation next? And a better question is this, how will you respond when you're tempted? Most people never ask these questions. And this is why this part of the prayer is so important. Because as we pray, God, deliver me from this. Lead me not into this temptation. Help me not to yield to temptation. We can say, hey, you know, God, I think I'm going to be tempted in this area today. You know that, that this is an area that entices me. And I'm going to be in a situation that, 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 that may come up. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plan it in advance. It says in, in James 1.12, this is a verse, we, we read 13 a little bit ago, verse 12, though, backing up one verse, says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. It says, God blesses those who endure testing and temptation. In your notes, God will bless you for resisting temptation. See, he has a blessing for you, but it's that delayed gratification do, do I just want what I want? I just want it. I want it now. Yeah, I could have it now. But we can also tell that it's a trap. There's a hook in that bait. There's a hook in there. And it's going to capture me. But God is offering each and every one of us a way out. He's offering us a way out. And he will reward you for denying yourself. Our life is not just supposed to be about our desires I hear people say, well, but you know, it's just the way I am. I just desire these things. I just crave these things. So what? Following Jesus means that we deny ourselves. Will you expect me to deny myself? Absolutely. Well, I don't expect it, but Jesus does. He says, if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. In Galatians 5.16, we'll close with this verse. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. That's what we want. Like our natural, our natural instinct is to do evil, to do things that satisfy ourselves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. See, when you follow your sinful nature, when you follow your sinful desires, the results are clear of sexual immorality and impurity and hostility and quarreling and jealousy and outbursts of anger and selfishness and division and envy and drunkenness and all of these things. And anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
See, the Lord's Prayer, as we get to this part of, of, of lead me not into temptation, we're inviting the Holy Spirit to guide our life. Say, I don't want to follow my nature anymore. I want to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. Lead me not into temptation. I just prayed, God, forgive my sin as I forgive others. God, forgive my sin. And now I'm saying, and don't let me fall back into it again. Help me not to go falling back into it again. Help me to to resist the temptation this time around. Help me to resist it, to fight my sinful desire. Are you going to listen to the Holy Spirit or your own craving? It says, lead us not into temptation. The beauty of this is that you're considering the temptations you may face. I know today I'll be tempted to give in. I know I'll be tempted to indulge. I know I'll be tempted to cross a line, to go too far. But help me to recognize and avoid the temptation. He says he promises a way of escape. So we need to plan the way of escape before we get there. You know, in a building like this, or most buildings, public buildings, if you look around, there's exit signs. Exit signs. Those are required by law. See, the fire marshal comes in at some point. Before we're allowed to let people in, the fire marshal comes and says, so what's your fire escape plan? Like, we don't have a fire. No, what's your plan? What's your plan? Well, here's the plan. See, see, what they make you do is they make you come up with a plan and then label the exits and put exit signs around so that way you have a way of escape. That in the event of an emergency, it doesn't take, we're not gathered around and saying, hey, let's get it together and let's figure out a fire escape plan now. Well, the building's burning down. That's not the time to figure out the plan. You should have planned it out in advance. And for us, we need to plan out how we're going to get out of the temptation Before we're in it, plan our way of escape. God promises that he will give you the strength and he will provide the way of escape, but we have to be willing to take that when it comes. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now and we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the strength that you're offering to each and every one of us right now. We ask you, to help us not to give in to temptation. We know, we know we all face it. We're going to probably face some more of it today. But we don't want to give in to the temptation. We don't want to give in to that. We don't want to separate ourselves from you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, he's inviting you into his family. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to forgive you of your shame, your past, your baggage. He wants to set you free from those things. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Won't you call on his name? Scripture says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, then you will be saved. Won't you say that now? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. And deliver us, Lord, from the tempter, from the temptations from the desires that are in our heart and in our life. Lord, we want to be led by your Spirit, not be led by our sinful desires. We want to be led by your Holy Spirit, not by our cravings. We want to be led by your Spirit, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. Give us the strength to say no. Give us the awareness to recognize that you have provided a way of escape, that we can be free from this bondage, if we put our trust and our faith and our hope in you.
So Lord, yes, we ask you to forgive us. but We ask you to help us not to fall into those same things again. And we thank you. We praise you for your goodness, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.